you're going to bring it up and, and just put salt on the wound? Will you stop yelling at me? No! Live in the entertainment capital of the world. No, no, you're making me nervous, but seriously. It's the T.C. Martin Show. No, listen. Uh, you're making me nervous. Diagnosis. Oh, and a foul. Prognosis. Well, that's good. Osmosis. And they'll reset. Nowitzki again for the lead. Bang. It's the doctor, T.C. Martin. Welcome aboard Abroad Abreast, wherever you may be. T.C. Martin here, along with Ballpark VGK Frank. Numchuck on the other side of the glass here. Glad to have you with us here. Where are we at? Wednesday? Middle of the work week? Preferably a hump day? Oh, yeah. You got to love it. All right. Today on the show, the big seven-footer. The five-time NBA champ. Three is a player. Two is a coach. Big Bill Cartwright in the house. joining us. Here in town for the WCC tournament, which commences tomorrow with USF having uh, the opening game. Look forward to that. Championship game Tuesday night. We know that Gonzaga will be involved in that, more than likely. Semifinals on Monday as we work our way backwards. But yeah, always uh, a great time at the Orleans at the WCC tournament. Unfortunately, this year, no fans. And if we go back to prior to the pandemic... The last two tournaments that took place were here in Las Vegas at college basketball was the Mountain West Conference Tournament at the Thomas and Mack Center and the WCC uh, Tournament at the Orleans. And that's very unusual in the sense because the Mountain West Conference Tournament is usually the week later, which they went back to that this year. And it's usually the same time as the Pac-12 Tournament. And, uh, but last year they moved it up because they had a construction convention in Las Vegas. And why they chose to move the Mountain West, I have no idea. But they started the season a little bit earlier, the conference tournament, uh, the conference season. And uh, so you had both those tournaments. And ironically enough, those were the only two tournaments that got a chance to be played uh, in its entirety. So uh, the Pac-12 started their first game they had, and then... That got called uh, a halt to the uh, to everything there, but uh, and I remember being at both of those tournaments when you had the Mountain West Conference tournament. You had Utah State taking on San Diego State, and that came down to a Sam Merrill buzzer beater, and Sam Merrill hit one from about thirty feet out, uh, and that place was electric. And talking to the coaches and talking to everybody at that point in time, you just. They, they, they missed that. And now this year, the Mountain West announced several weeks ago that they are not going to have any fans whatsoever. The WCC is following suit with that uh, as well, too. But, um, yeah, those were the last tournaments that, that college basketball had, and they were both here in Las, in Las Vegas almost a year ago to the date. Yeah, because um, r- right after those tournaments, of course, they tried to start up the uh, the Pac-12 in that. And mm-hmm. as you know, the lights kind of got shut down on that. And then all the dominoes fell in place. The Big East was the last one to, uh, you know, they're not in Vegas, obviously, but they were the last one that finally said, yeah, we're not going to be able to get this done either. So, yeah, I mean, that that's when everything really shut down and things completely changed out here and, and all across the country. But um, and, and it's interesting, too, that you mentioned San Diego State in there since they're playing UNLV tonight. So they're actually back in town tonight. Mm-hmm. But you know, Vegas is a place. It's it, it, it's hard to believe 
that it really wasn't that long ago that they didn't allow any of the tournaments to be out here. And if they wanted to come out here, they had to play at Valley High School because they couldn't play in any of the casinos because, well, there's gambling there, and they couldn't go here and they couldn't go there. And now, like you say, five conference tournaments here in Las Vegas. All of a sudden, when it comes tourney time, right before the big dance, Las Vegas is the mecca for college basketball. Right, absolutely. You know, with uh, with five conference tournaments between the men and the women, five con- conference tournaments taking place. So yeah, it all starts tomorrow night with the WCC, and then uh, again uh, next week we'll have the Mountain West, and we'll have the Pac-12. We have the WAC, and we have the Big West, who is vac- they're vacating. Anaheim, the pond, where the the Honda Center, and they're coming to Vegas as well now too. So uh, hopefully everything will fall into place, everything will get done. But uh, yeah, there are there is a lot of controversy regarding a lot of these conference tournaments. One of those teams, Gonzaga, we're going to get into that uh, today as well too. So uh, a lot to touch on on the show today. But the big seven footer is actually in the house right now. The five time NBA champ. There it is. The man in the middle is actually in the middle here today in studio. Uh, glad to have you here, my man. And uh, it looks like you've you got your salad in today. You're ready to go. Well, I had to have my salad in today because last night we had some uh, Mexican food. And I didn't really think that we were going to have all this food, but Jesus Christ. Well, wait, what do you mean you didn't think? You know the routine. This isn't your first rodeo. Well, no, that, but he me. kept on telling you that you had to feed him when he came to town. <laughs> I'm just saying that. i got to hear this. Go ahead. I'm just saying that. You know, you, you got to put everything in perspective and, and what it is. So, um, too much food, too much food yeah. for um, a 63-year-old guy. <laughs> It's not a good thing. Now, uh, steak, yeah, we could do that in moderation. Everything's going to be in moderation. Everybody's not built like you, right? Listen. I mean, how many overweight, slow athletes do you know? A lot. And there's a reason for that. It's because we used to work out five times a day. Now we work out maybe, if we're lucky, if we can walk once. So we have to have a little moderation. Hopefully, um, you know, we can stick around yeah. for a while. Yeah, I've been hearing this song from you for years and years and years. And, 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 I'm not and, buying it. And, and you still haven't learned. Okay, here's the deal. So we go last night, had a fine Mexican meal. Great. But I, I didn't tell you to go and order the big thing of fajitas. Okay. My first time there. Oh, oh, well, I know what to order. You, you talked about the soup, right? So you got the Albondiga soup. You got that. Soup was great. I'm thinking you're you're going to just have the soup. Then he goes and orders the fajitas and this and that. Who and then he goes know? and orders. The, then he has the dessert afterwards, too, Who with the churros know? and the fried ice cream. Are you crazy? We're, we're, we're at dinner. Who do you know? That's their dinner. It's soup. Now, maybe for lunch. Well, on Seinfeld. Soup. Yeah. Not for dinner. You're going to have a meal. So we had some fajitas. I didn't know it was going to cover the family-sized pack. <laughs> it was ridiculous. Good, so, good deal. You enjoyed it, though. It was great. The chips and the salsa? Great. The, the onions and the peppers to prelude that? Awesome. Margaritas, too. Yeah. Margaritas, too. There you go. Yeah. And then, and then you got a birthday dessert, too. Yes. And it's too bad it's not my birthday. <laughs> July came early. 
I mean, I've heard of people having a soup and sandwich for lunch or something, but he's yeah. right. For dinner, it's, it's really not a dinner thing. No. Did, didn't Scrooge have that or something like that right before he... <laughs> and again, our, our good friend Kenny Banya, you know, uh, Steve Heitner on, on the show, obviously that was his uh, famous episode with Jerry Seinfeld on, on Seinfeld where, you know, soup is not a meal, you know, plain and simple. And Jerry thought soup was a meal and that debate rages on. But no, you, you were talking about the soup. You're talking about the albondigas. So I'm thinking, you know, and you have been trying to eat lighter you've been saying so i thought okay maybe he's just gonna have a big bowl of soup well i've been trying to yeah. <laughs> i don't know if it's working i think there's a calorie thing going on right now to where you can actually transfer your calories onto some people that's got to be something going on because i don't eat that much but i can't lose any weight and it's like how does that happen it's like something's going on there's something in the air there's like you know, it's, it's, it's like the virus, only it's it's calories. You don't you don't get that. For some reason, it doesn't hit you. Maybe when you're a little older, it's gonna hit you. Okay. And it's gonna hit you hard because you eat about twenty hot dogs a, a month. Don't 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 wish that upon me. I'm not wishing it on okay. you. Yeah, I'm I, just saying it's something that happens when you get a little older. I eat like once a day, and I look like he should. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, but I'm still trying to decipher when you said steak in moderation. So, so you don't think like once a day is moderation? <laughs> no, 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 you can't do it. You can go steak, you know, maybe once, twice a month, and uh, you know, ease back on the potatoes, ease back on all those other things. The bread, like I love bread. Don't you love bread? Oh yeah, huh. all kinds of bread, garlic bread, kill it. But uh, well, you just better be to ready tonight because tonight you're having all that. Tonight we're we're going to steak. We're going with the soup or the salad or both for you, and we're going with the bread. No bread. We're going with all of it. No yeah. bread. There you go. And, and maybe some dessert again, too, if you can handle it. Nah, we're going with the sides. We're going with the sides with maybe some potatoes, and you'll get your greens. You'll get your vegetables in. Greens, I'm for. And, and you're going to be all excited because, you know, I'll, I'll make sure I will have some greens tonight to make you happy. A lot of greens. There you go. Well, he's got to have greens because those are San Fran's colors. Exactly. <laughs> Don't forget, I've got the calorie vaccination. That's what i got going. You must. Something, <laughs> something's going on there. Now, that, that could be a great business. Imagine yeah. that if you could be able to take something that doesn't allow you to have calories. Now you got something. Now I got something. There you go. I don't know, man. I may not be able to put on the weight, but who knows? I'm, I'm probably a, a, a mess inside. Who knows what? But Well, we know that. Yeah, That's for there's, sure. There's no question. As a matter of fact, we, we hear that sometimes, too. You're a mess. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Glad to have you here, my friend, too. Not, not just inside where He's here all week, ladies and gentlemen. We may ask him to exit early. It's not just inside where your calories are. It's, it, it's up in the noggin, too. Exactly. Yesterday's show will prove that for both of us. <laughs> Speaking of which, you know, we were talking about cockfighting yesterday. You got any cockfighting uh, uh, stories? Um, I'll just say no. Because yeah. you did coach. Remember, he coached. You probably don't know this. He coached the Mexican national uh, team, basketball team. So... I didn't know if you maybe got yourself involved in some cockfights or some, you know, witnessed some of that stuff. Yeah. What, and you have traveled the world. What What would be the advantage of me talking about cockfighting? Let's say I was involved with that. What would be the advantage of talking about it? Just to add a little humor to, to what we had yesterday. Yeah, see, but, but the difference is if you and I say it, Nobody gives a damn. Right. If Bill Cartwright says it is news, <laughs> so he's right. There's no advantage. I just asked if you ever uh, witnessed it or you know familiar no. with it. No, yeah. I don't. As a matter of fact, I don't know anything about it. Yeah, there you go. Okay. Zero. Okay. 
<laughs> he, Next, ladies and gentlemen, he do, he does not want to talk about cocks. There you go. Uh, all right, hey, let, let's talk a little bit about the uh, WCC tournament. It starts tomorrow night. Gonzaga, and you brought this up. We talked about this you know, on the show with you b- before. But now you're here. Gonzaga is here. The teams are here. Starts tomorrow. Championship on Tuesday. Gonzaga has been very, very vocal about, I don't want to say not wanting to play this tournament, but basically coming to Vegas to play this tournament. They wanted actually to, to play at home, and they thought it would be better served if this tournament was conducted under home sites the way the regular season was. Now, uh, Mark Few had some interesting comments to say, and they basically, Gonzaga voiced their opinion, but didn't get much support from other teams in the WCC. Uh, here's what Mark uh, Few uh, had to say. He goes, I've been very impressed with every venue that we've been to this year. I just thought it'd be easier to do it at home games where everybody handled it. Gonzaga only gets one vote, right? I think everybody else wants it business as usual, so hopefully we can make it. We're searching out the safest place to stay and to be isolated. He said this uh, last week before he, they, uh, they were coming to Las Vegas. So he also went on to say, what we've learned over the year with our team is that we have to be pretty much isolated the seven days prior to testing for seven days. We're going to have to hunker down before we head down to our conference tournament. And a few said that the main concern uh, is the NCAA ruling uh, requiring teams to pass seven consecutive days of COVID tests before arriving in Indianapolis. So a lot of people may not know this, that there were these serious discussions that took place with uh, the NCAA and all of the conferences about, okay, what are we going to do this? Because remember when Gonzaga came out and said, hey, we, we might just forego the WCC tournament. We, you know, we don't want to risk you know, losing a spot and not playing in Indianapolis. And especially they're going to be the number one probably overall seed. Then Baylor got a hold of that until Baylor has lost a couple games now. Um, but the NCAA told the conferences and said, that um, if you are concerned about you know, playing your conference tournaments, that this could possibly affect you going to Indianapolis and playing the NCAA tournament, we will give you two options. And this was the discussion that took place. The NCAA said, name a conference champion in lieu of having a conference tournament. So if you don't want to have a conference tournament, you think it's too risky or not all the teams can participate, then name a conference champion. That conference champion will just go into the NCAA tournament. He goes, however, he goes, if you have a tournament, everyone has to participate in the tournament. And anybody that says they're not going to participate, then they're not going to be eligible to go to Indianapolis and play in the NCAA tournament. So... That's why we really haven't heard much talk about this over the last couple of weeks because the NCAA was going to be steadfast with this. They said, you don't have a conference tournament, go ahead, but then you know, you're going to get the revenue for that as well too, which they want the revenue. But even though that they're not going to have fans, there's other form of revenue with television all that stuff that yeah, they're going to reap rewards. Yeah, TV dollar speaks big. Absolutely. So, yeah, that's why we're not hearing anybody say, well, we're going to boycott this and we're not going to play this and that. So when you hear about all that, Bill, again – Give me give me some thoughts about this because the vocal co- the vocal team in the entire country is in your conference, the Gonzaga Bulldogs, who happen to be the best team in the country this year and the number one overall seed. Well, they do have um, a ton of risk, and and that's their perfect record. So, um, 
might not be concerned. You should be concerned. But but the big thing is that for them, why they will play is not only because of, you know, the financial factor, but because of their record. Hmm. Um, and it's interesting because we talked about this, is that Baylor, who only had one, one loss, um, they actually have more to risk. So I can see them not wanting to play. But Gonzaga, Gonzaga can be undefeated. Gonzaga can make history. So um, to me, they were going to play regardless, regardless of discussion. Because, you know, why not? You're going to take a chance. You're going to make history. You're going to do something that everybody's going to remember. Undefeated team. Uh, There's been very few. University of San Francisco had one of those. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's something really, really special. So to me, they were going to play. And obviously, cash always talks. So mm-hmm. the rest of the league, they want to play. They want a tournament. And so do, I think, most teams. They, they want a tournament. They want, a, they want an opportunity in this special time to be kind of normal. And it is a special time. It's a special time to not get sick. It's a special time to kind of hunker down, um, to be safe. And then to be able to come out without fans, it's a special, special time, um, and it takes a special challenge. So, Gonzaga's done done it better than anybody, and um, it's an interesting thing to watch. And I can understand Gonzaga's point about the coronavirus and everything because they're up in Washington, which is, but. Mark Few's comments are kind of surprising because they've traveled all year. And they haven't missed a conference game, you know, for, for the most part. Uh, everyone has been relatively healthy in most of these, these programs. And I don't see how you could construct a conference tournament at home sites. Obviously, Gonzaga would, would be at home, and they would have, you know, two home games. But with all the other traveling, it only makes sense to do these conference tournaments in one site. You know, it's, it's, really, it's not a bubble atmosphere because you're staying at different hotels and that sort of thing. But if you're traveling during the course of the entire season, I, I, I believe that you can get this thing done and you couldn't do a conference tournament at home sites. It'd be way too much traveling and not enough time to do all that. Well, why not, why not ask? Maybe somebody's foolish enough to say, yeah, we'll play in Gonzaga. <laughs> well, but let's, I, let's have home court advantage, uh, you know, in the, in, in the conference tournament. Why not ask? And I think you a, would ask. I think a lot of this has to do, too, with them being the number one seed and the way your conference does this, where they get the double bye. I mean, you guys are coming in as an eight seed. You've got to play tomorrow, and then if you win that game, you get to play the number five seed. Uh, which is a little a little crazy on Friday, and then Saturday you'd play the number three seed off Sunday. Everyone has an off day on Sunday; they don't play. And then the semifinals take place Monday, and the championship on on Tuesday. Gonzaga really is only risking two games max to come here and and, and play. So I think that's factored in too. Too, if it was a four or five straight days situation, maybe they would be a little little hesitant, but. I think it gets pulled off. I, I think it's fine. Not trying to minimize, you know, uh, all of this stuff. They're going to be very careful. There's not going to be fans, as you know. Uh, a lot of media aren't even going to be uh, allowed to to go to this as well, too. So, uh, I don't know, man. It, it, the, these protocols, they're they're firmly in place here. 
Well, it's going to be fine. And, and look, the big thing is that all those teams, like if we were at eight seed, San Diego, Portland's going to be here. So the teams that their year is not so great, they still have an opportunity to win the conference tournament. Mm-hmm. And that's what the conference tournament's all about, is that the teams that maybe got off to a slow start, maybe somebody got injured, maybe in this case somebody got sick. Now in the conference tournament, they're healthy and give their best shot. We're going to have an upset. We're going to have a surprise team in the NCAA tournament. Uh, conference tournaments are great. Well, and in a weird kind of way, too, it's also kind of a reward for their fan bases, too, although it's not going to be like mm-hmm. when the stadium is full and the Orleans Arena is rocking and everybody's over there, but they can still come to Vegas. They can still be part of the scene. They can watch it in the local places on TV and everything. They can go to the sports book if that's what they're into. I know Bill doesn't like to talk about that stuff, but I, you know, we, we certainly talk about it because that's an aspect here in Vegas. And, and it is kind of the last hurrah for a lot of these kids. You know, For the seniors on some of these teams, especially the ones that aren't going to be going to the big dance or the NIT or don't have a shot or whatever, maybe they can make something magical happen. Maybe they can get that one more win or something to go out on a high note. But it's a showcase for them on TV games and national TV and that to be seen and do stuff and, and then move on with whatever they go on after that. so But to do it the other way, like if they would have said, okay, well, Gonzaga kind of rules things that we're going to have it at home, like you mentioned. Okay, San Fran plays their first game. That would have been almost like the NIT used to be where it's like, mm-hmm. okay, well, you play a game here and then you play a game here and your reward will be going to Gonzaga where Gonzaga's just sitting at home waiting to see who comes and plays them on their home Yeah, but you'd have to do so. it in consecutive nights, which well, makes it well, impossible. Well, that's, that's what I mean. Yeah. It, that would make it even more difficult. Mm-hmm. So it does make sense to have it here in Vegas and everything. And, 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 you know, I don't think that anybody would have downgraded Gonzaga for it, but you wonder if some people would have said, well, they're undefeated, but they didn't play their conference tournament, even though everybody expects them to roll through the conference right. tournament. You know what? Just play out the schedule. Keep the safety protocols like you've been doing right now. And then go in and see what region you are and what number one seed you get. I'm guessing it's probably going to be the West, but I don't even know what that means anymore since every region's in Indiana yeah, this year will. anyway. Right. The big seven-footer, Big Bill Cartwright, joins us live in studio today. Bill, speak a little bit to that point that, you, that we're talking about here, about the fan experience. Uh, tell us, you know, with the USF as an example, I mean, you guys usually bring uh, – Boosters, you guys got a lot of boosters, and you guys have your tailgate parties outside there at the Orleans before your games and that sort of thing. Uh, what did they tell everyone, you know, back on campus and the boosters and the uh, the players' families and that sort of thing, and your fan base that 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 pack War Memorial Gym uh, on a nightly basis when you guys play there? What did they say about Vegas here? Who's coming? Who's not coming? Well, just tell them that uh, you know there's not going to be anybody allowed in the building. And people have uh, in San Francisco haven't been allowed to build it anyway. So it's an assumption you're not coming. You can watch it uh, TV. You can watch it net. Uh, it is sad that a lot of people, especially the seniors, they don't have their families there uh, to get an opportunity to come. And look, you know, our conference is really good. Not only Gonzaga, we got uh, a BYU. Um, they they play great all year. Santa Clara always is, is great. Uh, then you have upstarts like uh, Pepperdine, a really uh, uh, dangerous team in our conference. Um, so, but those bases that come, it's really incredible how many people come out to support. I don't know the Gonzaga people, the BYU people. Um, really, every team, uh, they have this group that comes out and support. It, it is a basic nightmare because... 
uh, to see all these people walking around, and then boom, there's like a herd of Gonzaga shirts, sweaters, and then boom, a herd of, uh, of St. Mary's, and boom, a huge herd of uh, BYU people walking yeah. around, and uh, it's great. It's great bonding. It's great support for the school. It's great for the families. Uh, it's a special time to see. It's once in a, it's a once mm-hmm. in a year thing to watch. Um, but for some of these kids and families, it's once in a lifetime. Yes, you know. Yeah, it's it's once in a lifetime. It's special, so um, it's just too bad they're not going to have that experience. And I'm glad that we actually everyone is going. You know, Gonzaga decided to play, and the NCA kind of took a hardball stance on this thing, saying, "Hey, you know," because we talked about this weeks ago. It's like this is, could set a very bad precedence here. I mean, if somebody says, okay, we're going to opt out, but, you know, hey, we're, we're, we're skipping over this conference tournament, but, hey, our main goal is, is to play in the NCAA tournament. No, you've got to still earn your way to get there. And I know the WCC, for example, I mean, if that would have happened and Gonzaga said, no, we're not going to play, well, the NCAA selection committee is not going to say, okay, well, let's say, example here, let's say Loyola Marymount wins the tournament. Okay, then they're going to say, well, Gonzaga automatically gets in, and now, well, see, BYU finished second, so they're going to get in. It's like they don't want to have three or four teams from the WCC because then you could have other turn- other conferences affect that as well, too, and then you're really, you know, you're, you're really not getting the best you know, field. You're not getting the best 68 teams. So there's just so much room for controversy and error. So I'm glad the NCAA said, you know, that's it. You, you want to play in the tournament? Then you've got to play in your conference tournament. Yeah, and it's and it's, you know, it's great. Uh, like I said, I, I think Gonzaga was going to play anyway, uh, just for their record. Uh, now, would it know, be different if they were say twenty five and one? Maybe different attitude. But but look, anything can happen in conference tournament. But what happens if their best two players get hurt and out for the tournament? Yeah. So they're so they're done. So it's mm-hmm. it's like look, anything can happen. People get sick. People get injured. Uh, you never know what's going to happen. You just you got to play. You got to roll the dice. Mm-hmm. And that's that's what sports is all about. Yeah. Well, remember this year too. It's a little bit different too, because not only do you have some teams playing, and I'm not saying necessarily from this conference tournament, but from all the tournaments this year, it affects seeding sometimes and what happens. You could you could get an upset and have somebody play their way in. And this year we're going to have something we've never had before. There's going to be alternate teams. There's going to be teams not in the tournament that still have a shot to get in the tournament. So if you have a nice run in a conference tournament and you catch their eyes and they go, well, you're not really one of the 68, but maybe you're number 70 or maybe you you could still find a way to somehow sneak in or something. So this year is different than any year we've ever seen in the history of college basketball. Yeah, yeah it's special. It's a special year, and it's going to take a special uh, special effort by everybody, by you know, the administration, by the coaches, by the players to make a special commitment to be safe. Uh, and think about this. You're in college. When have you when was your most irresponsible time of your life? Wasn't that college? Were you the most irresponsible you've ever been? Well, maybe high school for you, you know, but or both. Yeah. So so it's a uh, it's a really special time to make that kind of a commitment yeah. to a team. Uh you know, that, that you're going to be safe. You're going to do the right thing. You're going to take care of yourself. You're going to eat well. You're going to, you're, you're, you're going to stay away from, uh, from everybody. It's, uh, I, 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 I really commend those guys, uh, for, for doing this because, uh, I think it takes a lot of discipline. 
it, it takes not only a lot of discipline, but then, you know, again, for the organizing committees of the NCAA and these conference tournaments to actually go through with this. And we saw how last year, again, when the pandemic just arose so quickly and a lot of people didn't know how to, how to react. And remember the Big East, they said, well, you know, we're not so sure about this. We're going to keep playing. And they got so much backlash where they, they stopped, you know, one of the early round games at halftime. And then, okay, we, we're all going to have to follow suit. Then, of course, what happened in the NBA with Rudy Gobert and, and, and that situation with the Jazz. So, you know, now, okay, we're, we're a year from this. We just hope that everything goes on as scheduled. And then the big question is, if something does happen, hopefully that, that it doesn't, then how are people going to react again? Because we know how much money that this sport is driven by in college athletics and all sports are driven by. And uh, they're still going to end up losing money this year you know, because you're not going to have any of those live gates. Because as we know, in these major conference tournaments, especially those Power Fives, I mean, you've got 18,000, 19,000-seat venues that are packed for all of these games. And let alone, you know, once you do get to the Final Four, you've got a dome that uh, where you can seat, you know, fifty to sixty thousand. So, it'll, it'll be interesting to see if everything goes off as scheduled. Hopefully, it does. And then, if something does happen where there are players or there is a team that con- contracts, you know, enough cases, like then they got to bail out. Then again, like like you said, Frank, they're planning to have like these replacement teams or, or teams on hold. And how is that going to affect like the NIT? I mean, we heard that the NIT is cut down from, you know, 32 teams down to 16, and they're moving out of Madison Square Garden to play in Denton, Texas, an arena you're very familiar with, you know, MSG, the world's most famous arena. The NIT, 83 years, they're saying, okay, we're out of here. Oh, however, the Big East Conference, we're still going to play our tournament there. That is beyond me, you know, where that logic comes from. So the Big East is going to play there, but... um, you know, the NIT says, no, nah, we're just moving out of Texas. But I think you got the answer to that. You actually know why that happened, don't you? Well, it sounds like money to me, doesn't it? It does. Now that you, you think about that, it, it does sound like money. Because if it's safe to play in the garden for the Big East tournament, and then a week later you're saying, no, let's, let's, let's clear out. But no one is saying that. Well, I, I think that's I – don't, I don't know if it's been asked. But, you know, when we talk about these teams now and worry about them at the end of the year, I think that – most teams have figured it out right now to what's safe. Right. Um, because, you know, for the most part, uh, people have been safe. So there is a formula. It may not be a united formula, but, but there is a formula for those teams individually to be able to stay safe, to be able to get to uh, get to the hotel, to get to the arena, to find some stuff to eat. Uh, so they do have their formula. They, they, they've been safe. So... I'm not really anticipating anything bad happening. Uh, I think there's going to be some upsets because I think because of of the timing of it, that teams may not be peaking at at the right time. And you talked about it. The matchups for a lot of these teams are going to be funky. Um, so, and who knows? Maybe the Dons will have one of those. <laughs> Don's got a nice little path, I'll tell you that. Well, and and remember this, too, and this just came out yesterday, but maybe the NIT had some inside information about it. Texas just announced yesterday that they're completely opening up the state. They're taking away the the, the mandatory mask, whatever you think about it, either way. And the governor has said that the state is now open 100%. So you would think that they're going to allow fans and whatever else that they want to get back to business as usual down there. Now, whether that's the right move or not, 
maybe that had something to do with the NIT saying, hey, Texas is wide open. Let's go down there and take advantage of it. But I think Bill's on to something there because he said that he thinks it's the money. The NIT well, but that's is probably what I'm saying, but they're, that, they're that would allow money. money because you'd allow fans in the stands and everything. Right, right. But, again, how many fans are really going to go? Because, again, the NIT, as you know, and you pointed out earlier, they, they have played it. You know, at home sites, all the way to the semifinals in, in the finals at, at Madison Square Garden. So I don't see how that's going to be generating moneymaker. But when you slice 32 to 16 teams, why are you doing that? And again, it's it, it probably is because, you know, the, the NIT has, has probably been losing money the last few years. And now they're definitely thinking, well, we're going to lose more money because we have no live gates at any of these sites. And now we're going to play in an in a empty Madison Square Garden for the semifinals and the final. So, I don't know. We'll see what happens. All right. Uh, glad to have the big seven-footer in the house. Uh, we'll talk a little NBA. As we got an all-star weekend. It just came. Did, did you know that? Are you aware of that? No, I'm not. Isn't that crazy? And again, you know, we know when all-star weekend traditionally is. You know, it's usually, what, the second weekend in February, right around Valentine's Day. It's like, okay, we're in March. Oh, yeah, we're going to have an all-star game. Oh, we're going to have a three-point contest. We're going to have a, a dunk contest, all that kind of stuff. Uh, you know, so we're, we'll dive into that. Instead of All Star Weekend, it's more like All Star Day. Yeah, it, exactly. <laughs> it, it, it is the whole thing is, is kind of goofy. So, all right, so we'll touch on some NBA. When we come back. Also, Vegas Golden Knights. B Sal, our friend Brian Salmon from News Three, he will join us next hour as well. But uh, more with the Big Seven Footer TC Martin Show on a Wild Wednesday. This is five time NBA champion Bill Cartwright. When I'm in town, I always listen to TC Martin. You should too. All right, don't forget, get on over to any of your William Hill Sportsbooks, specifically the Cosmopolitan Las Vegas, our Friday home, and get the mobile app downloaded on your phone. And it's time for you to deposit money into your betting account. That's right. Deposit at least $50 into a new account. They'll match it with an additional $50. Promo code, it's there for you. TC50, do that. $50 free in your account to play with. So you want to start with 50, turn it to 100, do whatever you got to do, but get the mobile app, download it on your phone first and foremost, and then get over to any of the William Hill Sportsbooks. Use that promo code TC50 and get ready for March Madness. All right, the big seven-footer in the house here today, pacing himself. Uh, you got a workout in today, you are telling me too, right? I had a great workout. You yeah. know? And uh, I shouldn't tell you, but I jogged a little bit tonight. Got a little jogging. and uh, You got a jog. Jog. Okay, wow. Jog, not slow a, jog. No, I was going to say fast walk? Slow. Like Dave Waddle back in the day? Uh, slower. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but got it done and uh, did a light lift. Uh, stretched uh, stretched really well. And uh, I feel pretty good. And then had salad for lunch, I yeah. told you. Uh, you got to do it. You got to right. do it. Somebody's got to take care of me. All right. You, you're right. You, you ready to load up for dinner now? You're pacing yourself. I am pacing myself. That's why I'm um, moving. Uh, you got like five more days here. So you pace yourself, young man. Yes, I do. <laughs> but, but but that means I got to get another workout in. <laughs> now, do you have the whole meal thing planned for the whole time that he's here? Are there any curveballs or anything you're throwing? Or do you have it pretty much mapped out? Because cause I know he had a couple soup uh, requests and different things like that. So. Right. So we got the soup in immediately. Uh, the soup in uh, last night. A couple other staples. Uh, he, he does want to check out Blue Ribbon. 
You know, check check out the the, the chicken that I was uh, talking about, and he's kind of a seafood guy as well too. We've got our favorite steakhouse that's uh, in, in the mix as well too. But uh, yeah, we've getting, got, got these staples, but then a lot of it's to be determined with the games as well too. Now normally this guy when he comes to town for this tournament. I mean, he's a, a man about town. He has speaking engagements, has all that kind of stuff. And uh, so it's, it's, that's kind of cut to a minimum this time around. So you get a little bit more R&R this trip, right? I get R&R, but uh, I did bring my golf clubs in, so <laughs> we've got to get, get on the range a little bit. See, that's, that's got to be in the mix, too. Right? And, and can somebody here please donate TC some clubs? Somehow he can't seem to find some clubs. He says, oh, I'm a lefty. I said, yeah, they make those. So, uh, and apparently, uh, I'm not going to say he's too cheap, but something's going on to where he can't get clubs. So, donations, please. Somebody. I need donations. This has been a rough year. This pandemic has been very rough on all of us. Us radio broadcasters have been very, very tough, my friend. And, and to, to explain the story, which you already know, and I've said before, is that when I moved back here, I, 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 I got rid of everything. My clubs were old, this and that. I said, I'm going to start afresh. I'm going to start new. And uh, I, I just haven't had time to play, so I haven't, haven't got new clubs. I went shopping with him to go get him some clubs, but nah, I didn't but, see but you willing what, to pick up the tab. But wait a second. You got rid of your clubs before you put in line to get the new ones? Exactly. Don't you hold on to the other ones until no. you have them replaced? See, I, was, I was downsizing. I was, I, so, again, I had like four major garage sales back in Green Bay when I moved here. And so I, I got rid of like all kinds of stuff. And I said, I'll start over because my clubs were old, man. I mean, they were old. They were shot. And I said, I'm, going, I'm not going to come back to Vegas with these old clubs. So I'm going to start afresh. I've been a little lazy. I haven't started afresh. So in Green Bay, instead of a sandwich, do we have like a snowplow oh, club dude, or something? You, you can only play two months out of there, too. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's true. Did you ever do one of those tournaments where you do it on a lake or something like that? Because I know in Crystal Lake, Illinois, they they literally used to put holes on the ice, and they would have a tournament in the snow. That's the big seven for he, he golfed many places in, in the <laughs> Chicagoland area. There you go. No, I'm, I'm only golf in decent weather. Sorry. Yeah. yeah see, it's got to be I'm, decent weather. It's got to be sun's got to be out. If it's raining, if there's any hint that there's uh, going to be any lightning, nope, done. Yeah. Well, well, plus in the winters back there, he was kind of busy uh, winning championships. Yeah. Well, I'm talking about <laughs> in recent years. Yeah, exactly. All right, man. All right. Uh, let's, let's talk a little NBA here, my man. So we have got, you've got to be happy about this. We've got a big man who is in the conversation for MVP, and we're talking about Jokic with Denver. I mean, this guy, he did it again last night. He's having a remarkable season. They beat the Bucks 120-97. He had 37 points, 10 rebounds, 11 assists. This guy has had, this is his ninth triple-double of the year. When you look at this guy, uh, what are you thinking, man? Come on, uh, tell it like it is. Well, you know, I mean, I mean, the, the guy's really good. And it's, it's just an interesting time because he is a diverse guy. He's a tricky kind of player. Uh, he's not a power guy. He just he's just a smart player. He, he can really really score, and this is a perfect time for him because the matchups with him are really horrible. So there's he, he, basically when he gets it inside, there's no help, and if there is, he'll kick it out. But uh, you know he can handle the ball. He's uh, he's he's really a Lottie Divac kind of a player, uh, only better score. So it's. It's really interesting. It's interesting to watch, and hopefully we'll you know be able to analyze him a little better once we see different matchups. But he's 
right now he's he's a definite problem. I mean, he he's a monster in the paint, but the problem is, I mean, he's like a lot of these guys. Oh, you, he's not really a a prototypical low post player. And I know we don't see that anymore. We've talked about that a lot, and I know you kind of miss that. And again, we're seeing the guy out hanging out at the three point line shooting threes, like we're seeing all these seven footers. But uh, again, uh, he's got the body to bang and stuff inside. But like you said. He's really not that type of guy, is he? No, he can play down there. He can play down yeah. there. And the thing is that he d- he doesn't have to. He's really versatile. Uh, he's got the whole, the whole package. He can dribble, he can pass, he can shoot. Uh, he's just a really uh, oddity as a basketball player. So to be able to have all those skills, uh, so he, he's just really good. And I think it's just going to be really curious to see uh, not only where he ends up, but where his team ends up. Well, speaking of the team, they're the seventh seed right now in the West. The record's twenty and fifteen, so this is probably he's not going to get MVP consideration. Even though if you look at his numbers, he deserves it. But because they are where they are, they're probably not. He, he's not going to be getting a, enough of those votes. But what happened to Denver? This team was in the conference, the Western Conference Finals last year, and now they're they're like kind of a middling team that might not even make the postseason. I'm sure they're going to squeeze in in one of the top, you know, eight spots, but number seven right now, what's wrong with the Nuggets? And they got Jamal Murray, who's another young and up-and-comer. He's doing great. Well, it's basically the same team they've had in the last couple of years, and the last couple of years they've been injured. So, and and they haven't peaked at the right time during the playoffs. They've just, they played okay, but they kind of ran out of gas, as did Portland. So, uh, it's, it's like I said, it's going to be interesting to see who's playing well, what injury is going to play a, a part of that. And and there's two teams that are better in the West, as you know, Utah and Phoenix. First and second right now. What's what's up with that? I was going to ask you. I mean, that you know, you used to coach at Phoenix. You know all about that franchise. They beat the Lakers last night, 114-104. Lakers now have lost 5-7. of seven, But, yeah, Phoenix is this surprise team. I think we kind of saw Utah. We get that. No one thought they would, you know, be where they're at now. I mean, you know, this, this, this crazy streak, you know, uh, winning basically 30 games already at this point in time. But Phoenix sitting right behind them. How surprised are you about the Suns? Both those teams could really score. And, I, and and that's the big thing right now. If you can score, you can shoot, you can get into transition. Uh, and everybody's playing that kind of a game since I guess that's what you're supposed to do now. So uh, it seems to me it's slowing down, but they, they play their game. So both those teams can really, really score and really hand, uh, move the ball up the floor. So it's uh, right now they're playing extraordinarily well. Every year, every year we talk about the fact that after the All Star break, you're going to see a you're going to see a break between all these teams. So, um, and it's going to take probably about two weeks, but then those teams are going to take off, and we're going to know who those eight teams are going to be in in those slots. So it's going to be interesting to watch. Right after the All Star break, you got to start watching the NBA. Yeah, the All Star break, which is this weekend. There you go. You mentioned, too, that both of those teams can score. When you were playing basketball, did you ever foresee a day when a team like Utah, who's on top right now, would have a game where they took 85 shots and 55 of them were three-pointers? Because, I mean, I know that the three-point line is a focal point now, but it's like well over half their shots on a consistent basis are threes. Well, that's okay. I mean, that's that's their game. If that's what they do, if that's what they do well, 
what irritates me are the teams that don't shoot it well, and they're still trying to play like that. Uh, so it's it's fine. That's their game. That's okay. Uh, did I ever think that that would happen? Yeah, why not? If that's what you do well, uh, what irritates me and what TC and I have a discussion about is that all these teams are trying to play the same and basically play Golden State Warriors basketball. You're not them. I can't beat the Warriors playing Warriors basketball. I've got to, if I'm the New York Knicks, i got to beat the Warriors playing New York Knicks basketball. So that's what irritates me, but that's their game right now. They're on top of it. Why not? When you were playing, how much did you actually work on the outside shot, the three-point shot, and that sort of thing? Is that something that just – did you put some up, and did you ever work on that aspect of your game in big guys in general back in those days? No, you played to your strengths. Now I guess your strength is supposed to be if you're a basketball player, you have to shoot a three. It's like in baseball, if you're talking to Dusty, everybody's got to hit a home run. Yeah. If you're a pitcher, everybody's got to throw 90-plus. So all the individual things that you had that made you special, forget about it. Do you remember how many threes you attempted in your career? Three. <laughs> Three. <laughs> Look at that. We're talking about, what, a uh, what, 15-year career? 16. 16-year career. Three threes you attempted. Okay, so let's go back to those threes. Why did you attempt those? Were they, was it garbage time? Was it shot clock winding down? What was shot it? Shot clock. I had to. I had, yeah. had to shoot it. <laughs> And what was your percentage? Did yeah. you hit any of them? None of them. Okay. <laughs> oh for three. There it is. But but, 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 it, but it's funny because I remember you know back in those days of watching, and it seemed like on the Sports Center highlights and that back then, every once in a while they would show Manute Bowl taking a three in yeah. a game because he liked taking threes, and they would kind of almost do it like a comedy refrain or something right. like that. And now, like Bill mentioned, now everybody that comes into the league, I remember when Anthony Davis came in a, a few years back, and they said, well, yeah, he's a good player, but he's got to learn to shoot the three or whatever. It doesn't matter what your height is, what position you play or anything else. They expect you to know how to at least, you know, be a semi-threat or something and be able to take a three here and there. I think back in the day, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar once took a hook shot for, with a shot clock violation running down from the three-point line or whatever. But again, a guy that you expected down low, but what used to be a joke with Manute Bowl is now just expected of everybody. Right. That's true. Yeah, that's this is crazy basketball. So, you know, and, and we talk about this all the time. Look. Everybody's not a home run hitter, right? Everybody can't throw 90-plus. And everybody's not a three-point shooter. So why they're doing it, no idea. So we get news that the Houston Rockets welcoming back James Harden. The Nets are coming to town. They're playing. We know how Harden left, really not on great terms whatsoever, right? The Rockets saying, we're going to retire James Harden's jersey. What is this? Yeah, I saw that today. Yeah. Comment on this, Big Bill. What is? Okay, first of all, he didn't want to show up this year. When he did show up, he showed up fat, out of shape. When he did play, he wasn't hustling, giving us all. Demanded to be out of there. And now what? A couple months later, hey, we're going to retire his jersey. First of all, you don't retire a guy's jersey until he's done playing. Not only is this guy not done playing, he's just been out of out of the 
organization cashing their checks for a couple months, and now you're going to retire his jersey? What what is the mindset here? Please help me out here. Well, I just gave you some. I just gave you some scenarios. Okay, we just talked about nonsense in the NBA. We just talked about three three point shots. We just talked about hitting home runs, right? Let's talk about golf a little bit. That everybody should hit the ball 320 yards, right? What is that nonsense? So you're gonna try to you're gonna expect me to to explain nonsense? So uh, I can't do it. There 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 is no reason. What are they saying? It's like a great idea. We love him now. Well, uh, he's one of our uh, greatest players in our in our franchise history, and you know we're going to salute the guy and we're going to retire his number, put it up in the rafters. Why wouldn't you wait like a couple years or a year or something? Yeah. Now I don't, I don't know if, how soon they're actually going to do this. I don't think I really don't think they're going to be doing it tonight. Of course not, but. My point is, why would you commit to this? And let's go to the bigger picture. How many NBA championships did James Harden lead the Rockets to? Tell me. Uh, I'm thinking zero. I'm thinking zero is, is correct, right? What did he do to deserve that? Are we they actually putting him in, in the same likeness as Akeem Olajuwon, Clyde Drexler, Calvin Murphy, those are three great rockets off the top of my head. You, you got any more? Moses Malone, right? You got almost all of them. There's okay. two more that are retired from Houston. Uh, Rudy Tom. I was going to say Rudy T- Tom Janovich. I'm not sure if that's actually deserved or not, but okay, I'll go with that. And go ahead. And the other one is, and I don't know that it's, he's deserved, but it's because of the impact he had internationally. Yao Ming. Yao Ming. Yeah. Yeah. Those yeah. are the six rockets retired. Yeah, all those guys. But but all those guys, and it's interesting because the bigger part with those guys uh, of why those guys are in the Hall of Fame, because they are connected to the city. And not only what they did on the floor, but what they did outside of, of basketball and making that connection with the city, helping the kids along. Uh, if he did that, I don't know. If, if he did, God bless him, but... It is just very ass odd. Yeah, very, very crazy. James Harden, and especially the way he left the organization. And I don't know what's going on there in Houston. Now you you got the Deshaun Watson situation going, where Deshaun is saying, okay, I'm done. Trade me. Get me out of here. I mean, they got a lot of problems in Houston. And from a baseball side, going back to Dusty, feel bad for him because he lost George Springer to to free agency, but he didn't part on bad terms. But Houston's going through a rough spot with players. Well, maybe the Texans will retire um, Deshaun Watson's number after he leaves town. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) And we fully expect him to retire number 99 with J.J. Watt, right? But at least he left on good terms. He talked to the management and that and requested it. He kind of did it through the proper channels. He didn't do everything to the media and all that. Right, right. I know. Well, and this this is another question for you. Is that, um, was that bad feeling that Harden and... You know, the Rockets had. Was that them or was that the media saying that we don't get along? I don't, I don't, well, I think it has to be taken as face value from what we saw. We saw James Harden really not being very receptive at these press conferences. We see him walk out. We saw that he was 
disgusted with the way the Rockets were, were handling, I guess, uh, his situation. And when you elect not to show up and when you elect to be in Vegas and be at the strip clubs in Atlanta instead of being in training camp, what message does that send? So to me, that puts it on James Harden. Uh, Other players showed up uh, for training camp. They showed up on time. They showed up in shape. He didn't. So I would say I've got to take it for for face value. What do you think? Well, I I just think that, you know, look, the, the, the media always gets involved with that. And... You know, the truth is always somewhere in the middle. And apparently, uh, whatever we saw from James Harden is not the truth because they're going to retire his uniform. So That's just uh, a PR move on, on Houston's part. Boy, is it? Yeah. I'm, I'm just seeing that. Look, you know, for however good, bad, whatever, you know, about the media, the truth is never is never obvious in what it is. is and, you know, and, and being traded and, and not being traded uh, – uh, it's 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 a really hard thing to do, you know. When I got traded from uh, Chicago to Chicago, uh, it was great because nobody knew about it. And thank God for Jerry Krause, and nobody knew about it. The trade was on because it was controversial uh, after it happened. Right. So imagine if it was going on for a month, it would have been a nightmare. So uh, you know, for this situation, the media gets full credit. For that mess, and again, that was prior to social media. So, of course, we're talking about Bill Cartwright for Charles Oakley. Who got the better part of that deal? I don't know. I got five rings. So. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. All right, so uh, you got to hang around for a little bit today because uh, we got the Cartwright family contest. We got to talk about. I think these guys are really going to enjoy your your topic this week. Yeah, it's it's a uh, field burner this time. <laughs> it's not a barn burner. It's a field burner. It's so good, even the media can't miss it. Oh, jeez. <laughs> yeah, I got some thoughts on this as well, too. All right. I have no idea what it is. So. Yeah. Well, <laughs> wait till we drop this one on Stay you. Stay tuned. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> the big sub-footer, big Bill Cartwright. Not one, not two, not three, not four, five championship rings. Hey, hey. he won as many as LeBron said he was going to win down in Miami. That's right. <laughs> Very nice. <laughs> All right. Come back. We got more of the big seven-footer. Brian Salmon will join us from News 3. We're going to talk VGK against the Minnesota Wild tonight. Can they uh, top that performance from what we saw two nights ago, uh, the VGK 5-4 victory? We've got that and a whole lot more coming your way. T.C. Martin, Ballpark Frank, Numchuck, the seven-footer.